Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spider. So first of all, I hope that everybody had an amazing Thanksgiving. We definitely had a good one over here. So nice to get some time off. It's been a particularly busy year at school. And although I'm enjoying it and the days go by much quicker when you're busy, there is, you know, a point where you want to just take a breath, have a few days off, relax, and and, and not do a lot of anything. I did some feeding. I did a couple rehousings. But honestly, I just kind of laid low. It was nice because I spend a lot of time between the Tom's Big Spider stuff and work, it feels like almost like working two jobs sometimes, the amount of hours I put in, which as long as I enjoy it, that's fine. But there are times where it gets a little more tedious or a little more stressful and I'm behind on answering questions. I'm behind on email. So it was just a nice, relaxing, long four-day weekend. We did not do any Black Friday shopping or any of that stuff. I, well, I did some on Amazon, but that doesn't count. We just stayed home and relaxed, so it was awesome. So today's podcast I'm struggling with because I've gone back and forth several times. I don't have a backup plan right now, and I thought about doing it. I was all gung-ho to do it, sat down to do it, and then kind of had second thoughts. But you know what? I'm doing it. I'm done. I'm kind of tired of holding back and not you know, s- saying something when I think something needs to be said. So just to give a little background information on this topic before I go into it, on April 18th of 2021, I published a podcast titled, What Are All These Peace Letheria Hobby Forms? And there was a particular dealer, the guy that current that owned Simply Spiders at that time, in a sense, changed hands. Somebody else has bought it. And from what I've gathered, that person is on the up and up. So I don't want this to, I don't know if they're still using the site. I think the site was up last time I checked, which is terrible. But I think the guy bought the company from him thinking he could you know, use this site. And then unfortunately... A lot has happened since then. So anyway, he was selling some of the Sri Lankan poke, uh, Peace Letheria species as hybrids. And it was basically, it was a blatant, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything anymore because you'll see this has all come out. It was a blatant attempt at trying to illegally sell these animals across state lines. So what I did is I decided that I would do a podcast on it. I had several people contact me. This was starting to be a big thing. And my goal was to kind of warn people. So before, I just want everybody to know, before I ever went public with that and did the podcast, I, I did some research. I decided I didn't know the guy. I'd heard his, if I'm being completely honest, I'd heard his name before. It seemed like one of those weird cases, and I've seen this in the past, where you got a bunch of people that just think this person is amazing and a gift to human beings. And then there's a bunch of other people that point to a totally different side of him, that that there was a lot of shady dealings and without much digging, I was basically found a lot of information that was alarming. It it didn't sound like this was a guy who legitimately made a mistake because before you go public or something like that, it's important to know if this is an honest mistake. Now, again, I've always said that if you're selling tarantulas, you need to know the laws, but there's a difference between somebody going, oh, this is totally illegal or misreading something and somebody doing it on purpose. And I had folks when this came out, the big thing, the big knock against me on this one, which irritated me uh, was that why didn't you contact him and tell him about it? Well, because I already had on good authority from somebody who worked closely with him, he knew exactly what he was doing. I would not have put this one out here. And when I did it, I tried to be nice. I did not say his name, but as people pointed out at one point in the podcast, I did say people would probably figure it out because I figured they would figure it out, but I wasn't going out there blasting him. It wasn't about, hey, stop buying from this guy. It was, hey, here's some sketchy behavior. Personally, until he either apologizes for this or changes things, I would stay away from him. But I, again, I had some folks, somebody that I had talked to quite a bit, had worked with him and it assured me, no, he's a really good guy. He's misunderstood. So I tried to be tactful with it. I tried not to have it be like a, you know, let's get out the torches type of thing. And, and, and this is despite the fact that I definitely had more than enough information that the guy not only knew what he was doing, 
but had done enough shady things to recognize that this might not be a good person to buy from. I certainly wasn't going to buy from. But when I put this one out, my hope was that A, customers that were being tricked into buying stuff illegally, because people were upset about this. People that were kind of being tricked into buying these tarantulas and having them shipped across state lines would at least know. That was the thing. Get the information out there. Then people can decide what they do with it. If I like this podcast here, I will tell you right now, there's going to be people that are going to get upset with me about it. Do what you need to do. I think folks that have followed me long enough know where I'm coming from when I do this stuff. And I know that it's it's all you can do is put the information out there and go do what you need to do with it. So in this instance, I put it out there. And what I was hoping, again, A, people would be warned. And B, I was kind of hoping the guy would be like, okay, somebody's on to me and just stop. That's all I really wanted. But stop the illegal selling. It's not funny. It's not a joke. So I put the podcast out there and I was prepared to get some pushback from some of his folks. It had been explained to me from several people that he kind of had a gang of people that would go around social media and attack anybody that said anything bad about him. So I was guessing I was going to get some of that. And it was me. And I think one person emailed me, he's a great guy, you're a scumbag, whatever. But overall, the initial reaction to it was good. People got what I wanted them to get on. I don't know what the discussion was on Facebook afterwards, if something blew up there, if there was, you know, if people did get out the pitchforks. But from what I've gathered from many, many people, the discussion was open and more people came out of the woodwork saying, yes, this guy has done some sleazy stuff. So word started to get out again back in April of 2021 that this guy was not was potentially not a good dude, not somebody you might want to do business with. And that's good because I think that's a problem in the hobby. And that's what we're going to be discussing. The majority of this podcast will be about today is a problem we have with people like this getting into the hobby and being able to operate for much, much too long. So the podcast comes out. Out, two big things happen. First, I get bombarded by emails and messages from other folks with stories about this guy. It seems that my instincts were correct. He was far from a good dude. And these weren't just customers either. These weren't people that were mad because he didn't ship something out in time or something was too small or whatever. These were often friends, ex-friends and ex-associates who had a very intimate look at how he behaved behind the scenes and how he ran his business. And the stuff they said, quite frankly, was pretty horrific. So I'm like, all right, I made the right choice here. This is good. This is going to get out. People will be protected. People, It'll keep people, hopefully, from possibly getting involved in either his illegal activities or whatever else he had going. It was good. Others shared stories about his bad deal, uh, business dealings, the fact that he was constantly surrounded by drama. This was, And this was some of the stuff I had heard before this. And then I got some unhinged Facebook messages from the guy himself telling me off, threatening to get back at me, telling me he's done more for the hobby. But it was obvious he was, this wasn't a guy that sounded like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I didn't know this was illegal. This was a guy who was mad because he got called out and it was out there and people were starting to talk about it. And when you're somebody that's doing these, these shady things and you have have, you're trying to keep them from getting out in the public so you don't lose your good reputation. This was probably a, a scary situation from him. And then I get a message from him basically saying that he has something going on and he is going to get back at me as something big coming at the end of the week. And you'll see, you'll get yours. And I'm like, hmm, wonder what this is. And that's when the second major consequence of going public with this occurred and unfortunately clouded the entire situation and I felt kind of ruined the momentum we had of potentially calling out somebody that was bad for the hobby. So on April 21st, 2021, I did find out what the guy from Simply Spiders big event was, apparently Richard from the Tarantula Collective and the podcast The Exotic Pet Collective was going to have Dustin on to apologize for what he did, own up to it. 
And I'm like, this is awesome. Like that I really wasn't worried about it because I had some people like, aren't you kind of no, I wasn't worried at all because it didn't make sense that anything else other than him getting up there and apologizing would happen. It was the idea was to him to go out. And that's one of the things I said during the podcast is that I wouldn't buy from him until he basically explained why he did what he did and apologize. And so naively, I didn't worry too much about it, even though I did have a couple people point out to me that he worked a lot with Richard. He was one of Richard's dealers that he was promoting. Richard had done a lot of unboxings for him. Richard had him even on the podcast to talk about dealer secrets on one of the episodes of his podcast. So this was somebody he had more than a passing relationship with. This wasn't somebody he just bought a couple things from and had, you know, run a couple videos. They had worked together. They had chatted. They had, I don't know, they obviously had a little more than just a dealer YouTuber relationship, but I assumed that the idea was to get this guy on there and kind of call him out for making everybody look bad. So um, I didn't really worry about it. And unfortunately, I was completely wrong because what followed was a two hour podcast in which I somehow became the villain for calling out illegal behavior. It was a whole thing about cancel culture. And I was actually shocked when some people emailed me and was like, I don't know if you've heard this. It was not at all what I thought. So unfortunately, what ended up happening is now one of the bigger YouTube's most respected YouTubers out there has now basically laid out that this guy is okay. He's he's I've got him on my podcast. I'm backing him up. He, he made a boo-boo, but Tom's the one that's the bad guy for trying to point this out. So it really kind of screwed up what was some really good momentum getting word out about somebody that had kind of been protected by protected by the people that kind of rallied around him, protected now by a YouTuber. I can be honest, I wasn't expecting somebody to jump up and defend somebody that's admitting to breaking the law. And that was the best part about this podcast is that the guy, it was un, an unbelievably phony and rambling quote unquote apology in which he incriminated himself multiple times and basically admitted to everyone out there listening that he knew what he was doing and still people backed him up. It killed me. It was, it, I believe he even offered at one point that he did it for a joke. Can you imagine somebody, a, a business doing a joke like, hey, I'm going to send you some illegal drugs. It's funny, huh? Like, who does that? It didn't make any sense to me. But my theory was it, the information was out there. Again, it's about putting the information out there. People need their make, make their own choices. And I was hoping that the majority of folks out there were seeing this ridiculous admission and recognizing how bad of a situation this was. As much as it irritated me, did it irritate me that I was being, you know, basically torn apart in the thing because I tried to call this out? Yeah, of course, I'm, I'm human. And it's it wasn't something I was expecting. But at the same time, it did comfort me to know that at least he, I wasn't wrong. Everything, for all they said, the guy admitted everything I said in it was true. So it was annoying for me because for the next couple of weeks, I ended up having to field a bunch of people quote unquote, canceling me on YouTube. Fortunately, a lot of the people that did this left their comments saying they were canceling me, but didn't actually leave my channel. I was able to talk about them. And it's I spent a lot of time explaining my side of the story and having folks listen to the original podcast, not the butchered up version where, you know, key quotes were taken out of context to make it sound like I was saying something I wasn't. And a lot of people, I actually won some new subscribers from it. It was kind of, that was kind of a nice little uh, offshoot of the whole thing. But overall, it was very, it was difficult for me because I've always kind of prided myself. I'm just going to put the information out there and let people deal with it. I try to keep people from breaking the law. I try to give the best information out there. And I watched as all the momentum we had gathered with exposing somebody 
in the hobby that was not doing right by customers, that was not in it for the right reasons, that it was only a matter of time before he did, you know, it caught up with him and people realized that, yes, this dude is not a good dude. But unfortunately, while we waited for that, more people bought from him, more people I and this is one of the reasons I got off of Facebook. I'm almost non-existent on Facebook now because I would see posts talking about how great he was and him chiming in and like, I can't believe this. Like we have all the information that came in, the stuff I got. And again, I try not, I could blow stuff up if I wanted to sometimes. I have so much stuff that people email me about. Like, I don't know who else to contact. This is going on. And I have, they send me screenshots. They send me links. And I didn't do any of that. I just tried to put an overall like, hey, this is happening. It needs to stop. And so suddenly all that momentum was lost. He was back to selling again. He was back. I know for a fact he was screwing people over because over the course of the last year and a half, I've received many other emails. Hey, you were right. He did this to me. Hey, you were right. I found out he did this. And unfortunately, nothing was happening. So at that time, I had people ask if I was going to respond Believe me, I wanted to. Nobody wants to say it was just ridiculous. But I thought at the time, after hearing Dustin incriminate himself and after deciding that any response would just turn into more drama, I decided to stay quiet about it. I think that was if anybody listens to that episode and they're like, what the heck is he talking about? I jokingly say everybody's waiting to hear my opinion on something. And I talked about the new Mortal Kombat movie, which I really didn't like. So that was legit. But I kind of make a joke out of it and we moved on. Like, we're not even going to touch it right now because at that point, uh, it, after discussing the situation with Billy, who was one of the ones who wanted me to jump up and defend myself, I did say to her, eventually all this will come out. And when it did, I could use it as a cautionary tale for folks that are getting into the hobby and as a warning about an issue we have in the hobby. So since that time, I did start working on notes for this podcast. I started a while back. I was waiting for some type of opportunity to jump back into this and, and be able to go, look at this is why we need to be more careful. And I kind of added to it here and there, and I waited for something, some type of springboard, some type of situation to kind of use as an example and go, look at this is what's going on. And so I, I waited and waited, and then I noticed more of these Simply Spider stories were coming out. I started creating a whole file of people. Like It became obvious this was blowing up into more than just you know screwing somebody over here and there. A lot of folks had lost money to this guy. I watched as a handful of complaints grew to dozens. I watched as the amount he stole grew from hundreds of dollars to even, it sounds like, tens of thousands of dollars. And then just like he did 18 months before, he continued with offering a litany of excuses. I believe it was something about needing a kidney. I believe he was having email troubles. I believe it was contacting me on Facebook. Then he was off Facebook. I believe a parent passed. God bless. That's not a fun thing. If that really happened, that's terrible. And apparently he even faked his own death. So this is the guy that everybody stood up for that I got dumped all over for doing all this illegal stuff. Yeah, it sounds like an awesome and a great guy to me. And then on Tuesday, November 22nd, a year and a half after I tried to get word out about the previous owner of Simply Spiders, a year and a half after many folks came out with stories about him saying that he was not a good dude, I got my motivation. Richard from Tarantula Collective, probably due to pressure from having promoted this guy for years, having him all over his site, recommended dealer, put out his video scammed where he comes in to basically apologize and save the day for folks who Dustin essentially robbed by taking their money and not sending them spiders. 
And for some reason, it says delete, that he will be deleting this soon. I don't know why, because as much as I have issues with Richard, as much as I have issues with Richard coming out 18 months after I tried to do this and after he did an entire podcast, basically backing this guy up and making me look like a bad guy, I have issues. It's a good video to have out there because it does have information on how folks can hopefully join with other people that he screwed up. Because this is this is a big deal. This isn't like somebody, you know, screwed over a couple people by not sending a spider or two. There are a lot of folks now that he owes money to. Like I said, tens of thousands of dollars. So I'm not sure why he would delete it because it seems like it would be a good video to have. My thoughts are because eventually somebody is going to bring up the fact that this could have been stopped a year and a half ago. But anyway, it's up. But then I watched the video which began with ads, which I thought was kind of crass, considering this is somebody that has screwed a lot of people out of money. It's a kind of a serious topic. It's an important topic. It's the closest thing you can do at a public service announcement for the hobby, but whatever. It's how they make money. I get it. I get whatever. And it really didn't mention much about the fact that this was called out. And I didn't expect it to, honestly. But I thought some type of mention, yes, there were people out there. I'm sorry. That's why I think, and in the video, it seems like, and I agree, And I will get into this. That's going to be the bulk of this podcast after I get this off my chest. But I agree with him that you can't hold the influencers accountable when somebody that they promote on their site, somebody that they run ads for, somebody they do an unboxing for, ends up turning out bad. They can't possibly be privy to that. We'll get to that in a moment. But I do take exception to the fact that when you go above and beyond and have somebody that's accused of doing some shady behavior on your you, your platform, you give them two hours to basically make excuses and then turn around and bash the person that brought this to light. That I think you're going a little above and beyond, but whatever, at least the information's out there. And then I went down, read some of the comments, and it killed me because there were folks in the comments that talked about how good thing this is finally coming to light. I'm glad we finally know this information. We knew it. We knew it 18 months ago. We could have then started as a hobby, keeping an eye. I'm not saying everybody should have stopped buying from him then, but I'm saying that as evidence started mounting that there was an issue, we would have had it instead of basically squashing the whole thing and totally switching the focus. And what was even more confounding is there were a couple people that posted that said they had issues with him back in 2019 when this was all out. So once again, some of those people that contacted, I recognize one of them, that contacted me said, listen, this guy's not a good guy. One woman said she tried to tell folks that he was crooked before the whole piece of Ethereum mess and nobody would listen to her. And she's not the only one because I heard from a bunch of folks that said the same thing. So that's the part that I'm using as a springboard here. That's the part that I feel like, and I know it's going to happen because people are going to, and we're going to discuss this when there's a personality you like and admire, you're going to defend them. This is going to bring more crap on me. I know it. And whatever. I'm, I'm done worrying about it. I told Billy the other day, you know what? I started this for fun almost 10 years ago. Actually, I think we're going 10 years ago and it's, it's starting to feel like a business. It's starting to feel like I'm, I'm losing the fun factor because it's like I feel like I have to say things, I have to put things out there, and then I, I take hits for it. So whatever comes may come. I just ask that anybody that's going to get you know upset about this and go, how could you remember that I had an entire two-hour podcast devoted to basically somebody that was doing scummy things trying to make me look like the bad guy and, and work with me here a little bit. Try to keep that in the back of your mind. I'm trying to be as diplomatic as possible. I'm trying to be is not, I spent a long time wrapping my head around how to attack this because it, obviously I felt personally slighted by this one, but this isn't a personal thing. This is logically speaking a problem we have in the hobby. 
This isn't the first time something like this has happened. This isn't the first time that something like this has been allowed to go on to the point where instead of just a couple victims, there are several victims. Again, I can't help but look at, and this is just purely logically speaking, if I were coming into this mess, not knowing any of the parties involved, how somebody could call this out a year and a half ago, and now there are folks going, I'm so glad this finally came to light. It blows my mind. And so... So this does illustrate two problems we have in the hobby that allow this to go on. Number one, we have folks, an issue with folks who do not recognize how the whole YouTube personality vendor relationships work and how these relationships can sometimes accidentally protect scammers. And also, because the hobby is so intimate, and we're going to get into this, and we get to meet and interact with so many owners of businesses, either online or at their shows, we start to lose sight of the fact that some seemingly good and nice people do some crappy things. And we also need to stop with the whole cult-like worship of YouTubers and the vendors and recognize that people can do bad things. They can be good people. They can be people we like. And sometimes they do things we don't agree with. And sometimes they do things that are bad things. And I think that's what we're going to be talking about today. So to kick it off, I've heard this one a million times in defense of people who have done something that seems to be kind of crappy or shady. They are such a nice person. When the whole thing blew up with the Simply Spiders guy, a lot of the people that were coming at me and were angry with me are ones that knew this individual and assured me, nicest guy in the planet would never do anything like this. Such a nice guy. Now, I don't know if something terrible happened in his life to really kind of put him over the edge, but we're looking at at least a year and a half here where he was doing shady stuff. It just looks like it escalated at the end. It looks like he was uh, moving. He had an exit plan to get as much money as he could. Move, disappear, nobody could find him all's over with. That's what it looks like to me. I don't know. It's just what it looks like from what's been going on, but I get really tired of hearing they are such a nice person. I joke with Billy, and hopefully she agrees with me on this one. I do think, I would like to think I'm a nice person, but nobody knows what I'm like in real life. You guys hear me talking on a podcast. I'm a kind of a spectrum dude that sits up in his room with all his tarantulas and talks about them, makes little videos about them, answers people's questions about them. I think I come across, I mean, I'm a teacher. You'd like to think that if you're a teacher, you're not a bad dude. Nobody knows. We don't know who pe what people are really like. Just because you go and shake hands with somebody at an event or hang out with them and talk spiders at their table for 10, 15 minutes, a half hour, doesn't mean they're a good person. This is something I've run into quite a bit when people have come out and done things that are nasty or shady or kind of underhanded. People go, no, they would never do that. They're nice people. I'm sorry, we need to start recognizing that that's not always the case. And we have this weird little thing in our hobby that, well, let's think of it this way. When you go shopping, when you go to a certain store or retailer, it's usually not because you've met the owner and spent time. Sure, there's mom and pop places we still frequent, but a lot of us, we shop now, it's a very impersonal experience. We go to Amazon, we go to some store in the mall, we go to Target, we go to Walmart. We don't go there because we like uh, Mason, the home goods manager, and we know him personally and think he's a really good guy, so we want to support him. And shopping is usually, in most instances, a very impersonal affair. However, shopping in the tarantula hobby is far from impersonal. It's much different, as it is often a much more 
personal affair. We meet these people. These people are online. When you start a new tarantula business, you need to be out there. You need to be on Facebook groups. You need to be on forums. You need to be going to conventions and expos. It's like the old kissing the babies, shaking the hands type thing. You need to make yourself known. You need to make a good impression. That's just good business. Are every single one of those people that are out there doing that good people? Absolutely not. Of course not. But that's what you have to do. So what happens is we meet these people at events. We talk to them. We go out. We have dinner with them. We we have a drink with them. We start to forge relationships that are a little closer to friendship and a little further from just a, a vendor and a consumer relationship. We get on social media. We interact. We, we love their posts. We comment on their videos. We comment on their Instagram things. We feel like we get to know these people. They almost become... I've had people tell me, and just we're going to get to the YouTube aspect of it, but just even with the YouTube stuff... They feel like part of a family. I've had people say that that these people are part of our family. They're part of our tarantula family because we're this weird little clique of people who like an animal that most people don't like. And I get that aspect of it. It's like basic sociology where you gravitate, you create your own tribe. You find your own group of people and you stick with them. And because it's a tribe, you protect them. So we have this weird little thing in the tarantula hobby where folks will promote and root for their favorite vendors like people root for sports teams. It is bizarre. It's almost like we grow to feel personally connected and loyal to these people who are selling us our animals. I have seen people publicly apologize because they bought from a vendor that wasn't somebody they've been supporting. And I felt that myself because you have ones. I'm guilty of it. I get it. And this isn't coming from like, I'm way up here and everybody else. No, I've been here. I've done it. You have ones. I still do it. You have certain people you just feel I trust them, I like to buy from them, I like the interactions, and that's just the way it goes. And the positive side of this is that good dealers can build loyal customer bases who will continue to support them as they grow and help get the word out. This is a tough business to advertise. You're not going to go on your weekly news and buy ad space for it or in your paper, your newspaper. People are just going to go, who's this weirdo? You need to target that audience where they're at. And there's no better way to do that than have people who have purchased from you, who seem to know you, who speak very highly of you on those boards when inevitably somebody asks for the two millionth time, hey guys, where do you buy your tarantulas? They come on and they gush about you. And it's amazing. And it's a good way for new dealers to get their names out there amongst the noise. Obviously, there's some established dealers that do a lot of business because I'd like to point out, and this is, they tend to get a lot of crap for it, but there are ones out there that have been doing this a long time and have earned that spot. They've built it because they built that following because guess what? More often than not, people are very excited, very pleased with the service. They like them. They like their business. They like what they carry, whatever it may be. But I do feel bad for the little guys that try to get out there and get their names out there. And this is a good way to do it. And it's a great thing to have this infrastructure in the hobby to promote these new businesses. However, there's a bad side to this. And we'll call it the Simply Spiders effect, where when folks start coming forward with their negative dealings on social media, the fans pounce on them and try to discredit their experiences. And this type of behavior can be very intimidating and often results in folks staying quiet with their negative experience. Just look what happened with the Simply Spiders thing. I come out and say something, I get jumped on by Dustin's people, by the Tarantula Collective people that thought I, you know, told me I was a terrible human being forever doing it. It, it stinks. And And it's not, it's kind of the bad, the seedy, the dark side of the whole thing. Now, to be clear, when I say negative experiences, 
I'm not talking about the occasional blip that every good business suffers at one time or another. I'm sorry, nobody out there is ever going to have straight fives across the board for everything. I know some people that really try and endeavor for that and do a good job of it, but there's always going to be those instances where there are unreasonable customers, there are situations that are beyond their control, and somebody goes online and freaks out. I think sometimes we've all been privy to situations where somebody comes out and doesn't seem to get how the spider business works. My favorite is like, hey, I ordered overnight shipping. It's the next day and they haven't sent it to me. Stuff like that where we have to kind of explain to them, hey, this isn't a poor business practices. This is not how the business works. That's cool. I'm talking about when you start to see a pattern, when you start to see things like the wrong spiders being sent, poor communication. Poor communication is a big one, especially when there's something wrong and they're not getting back to them. Promises not kept, orders not fulfilled, things of that nature. And listen, I get it. When you know a person and have had only good business dealings with them, you want to defend them when someone goes public with bad reviews or with a bad experiences. You don't want to believe that someone you've had such good experiences with might be doing something shady. We've seen this when people post, when somebody comes out and finally says like, I'll, I'll use uh, backwater reptiles for an example. Example. Backwater reptiles, there'll be somebody go, I got scammed. They sent me the spider. It was half dead. There was no heat pack. And all these people come on, oh, I had the same thing. This happened. And somebody will come on, oh, I don't get what you guys are having problems with. I had a perfectly good business dealing. Of course you did, because there are going to be folks out there. If they didn't have some good business dealings, they wouldn't have anybody defending them. But when you start seeing the bad ones pile up, when you start seeing that percentage go from where it should be like maybe 1% of the people have some type of an issue to 5 to 10 to you're starting to see a 50 50 where one good person comes on, one bad person comes on. That's a problem. So we have our dealer we love. We don't want to see anything said bad about them. They have a social media presence of a bunch of people that will jump up and defend them if need be. And, but here's the thing. First of all, there are bad people out there who are experts at looking good. There are smooth talkers. They're the snake oil salesmen who use their charisma and their articulate presence online and lies to dupe those around them into thinking they are good people. And I've seen instances in the past. There's one that keeps one name that keeps getting mentioned, although I didn't find him particularly charismatic, but he's definitely built a lot of people out of money and keeps getting away with it. I've seen this happen where they just, oh, he's a good guy. No, he's playing you. And then the most unfortunate uh, issue of this, and a lot of times this is more like what happens. I think in the case of Simply Spiders, I'm leaning more toward it being a bad human being. In the case of some other people we'll talk about today, I think it's a situation where there are fundamentally good people who find themselves in over their heads and make some terrible, terrible choices that unfortunately Unfortunately, end up negatively impacting others and do some sometimes illegal things. And I think that's when things get confusing and that's when things get twisted because there's another layer to this. So we've talked about the fact that we have this, you know, thing where we worship our vendors, we love our vendors, we're loyal to our vendors, we will defend our vendors, but it gets even more complicated of an issue when you factor in the social media influence and content creators impact on all of this. And basically everything we just said about the vendors goes double for the social media folks, for the YouTubers, the Instagrammers, the TikToks, whoever it may be doing this, I'm trying not to sound like an old man, the TikTok, but it people idolize these guys. They adore them. They look up to them. They think their YouTubers and Instagrammers are like family. I I will use myself as an example for this. That is the part I was not prepared for when Tom's Big Spider's YouTube started taking off is the amount of people that 
not only like your channel, but feel they know you and that you're connected as a human being. And sometimes that's a great thing. I don't want it, I don't want people walking out going that have expressed to me before they feel connected. Like I'm part of their day. They're I'm part of their lives. And that's part that was a little weird for me at first, but very profound when you think about it. Like you become part of their family and they will defend you like a family member, whether you're right or wrong. And I've had situations, I've explained this before, where somebody has gone on one of my videos and corrected something I said. Usually, I never really get a lot of, I'm probably gonna get some this time, but I never usually get a lot of like nasty comments, which is great. Usually people are like, hey, with all due respect, and and they correct me and somebody will come on and go, he knows what he's talking about. They feel like they have to defend you just the way you'd defend a brother or a sister or a cousin or an aunt and uncle or family. They feel that they know you and they are fiercely protective of you. And they will, again, just like with the vendors, they will promote their favorite YouTubers like you would a sports team. It's a matter of pride. It's a matter, it's a way to connect us because, hey, we're all watching these weird people on YouTube talk about spiders, these, these full grown adults acting like, you know, 18 year olds with their YouTube channels. I throw myself in that mix too. And, we watch them and love them, and we all have our certain ones. People will post, who's your favorite YouTuber? You get a million different people, which is great because there are a lot of great people out there doing it. Unfortunately, again, like the previously mentioned issue with the vendors, when somebody points a problem with them, they sometimes blindly stick up for them. They aren't able to differentiate the fact that just because they like this person and feel they know them doesn't necessarily mean that the person always does the right thing. It happens. It happens to all of us. So... The other thing about these YouTubers and the influencers, I mean, think about influence. Why is, what did the term influence come from? Because they influence people to do things, to buy things. They are very, they've become a huge part of how things are advertised. This didn't happen when I was a kid. This didn't happen when I was in high school. You didn't go on, you know, you saw somebody on a TV commercial, a superstar or some actor endorsing something, but you didn't have somebody that you could have direct access to, that you could talk to through comments, that you could, you know, run into at shows who is now showing products that you can buy, who is showing you things you can pick up. People listen to that. When they show you spiders they got from a certain vendor or they have new enclosures that are gorgeous, beautiful, they put that word out. People love that kind of stuff. When a social media personality shows off a box of free spiders from a new vendor and talks about how good of an experience it was and how much they like the vendor, or maybe they're filming from a show with the vendor, or maybe, I don't know, the vendor's on a podcast, you can bet that folks are going to run to that vendor in order to buy some stuff and then to share in that community by commenting going, I just bought from them because you said it was good and now I'm part of this community. They feel like they're part of a bigger community as a result of it. And that's a pretty big deal and that's a cool thing. However, there's a reality behind this. And the reality is people who are coming into the hobby, who are looking to get word out about their products, there's very limited way to spend your advertising dollar. Like we said, you can do like a Facebook ad. I think Instagram now has ads. You can put stuff out that way, but the best bang for your buck is that basically put boots to the ground or cyber boots to the ground, hit the forums, get your name out there, talk to people, and then contact one of these influencers. Contact somebody with a big Instagram following, a big YouTube following, and offer to send them a box of spiders or an enclosure or an enclosure cover, something to review to get that advertisement out there. And so in these instances, the YouTuber gets free stuff and content for a new video. It's it's awesome. And I've been there and I will explain this in a minute. You've got not only some stuff that, you know, some new spiders that maybe you wouldn't have bought otherwise, but now you've got a video topic. People love unboxing videos. So it's like a win-win. The vendor gets the best use of advertising money 
money can buy. I mean, they send some spiders, sure, they lose those spiders out of their inventory, but their product is now in front of, in some cases, tens of thousands of potential customers. It's a huge, I mean, it's an important part of the hobby. And that's why I want to make very clear because, again, now I realize that when you do a podcast, somebody can take it and trim little pieces out and just take the parts that suit whatever they want them, your message to be. My message is this is a natural and good part of the hobby. I have found so many things through the hobby by watching other folks unbox. I found new vendors by watching unboxing. I found new products, new enclosures. You name it, that's how we get, that's our advertising in the hobby. So hobbyists are made aware of potential products, new vendors get a whole new, hopefully get their stuff out there to new people. The YouTuber gets some exposure in, with their video, gets to get ads for that, maybe creates a new connection with that vendor where they start getting ad, selling advertising, where they feature them a couple times, whatever. Everybody wins. And it's important to remember because I know I've made it clear and I've promised myself in this podcast I'm not going to talk about that because then people start thinking I'm being aloof. Nope, it's just my financial situation. I don't do this for money. If this had been 20 years ago when Billy and I were dirt poor and my job wasn't paying all that much, hers wasn't paying all that much, we were having trouble with bills, I would have been an idiot not to try to make money off of what I was doing here. I just don't need to do it. And it's a good situation for me to be in because for what I want to do and for what I'm interested in doing, I don't know if it would fit if I tried to make money. I'd have to change things. So I want to make that clear. And I recognize that a lot of, in the case of a lot of influencers, this is their job. They don't have the luxury that I have where I have a wife that has a great job. I have a great job. We're comfortable. We don't have to worry about this. This is their job. And I'm guessing it's probably stressful to make sure that you're getting new subscribers, that you're able to feed your family and pay your bills through your ads, through selling ads, through all this stuff. You have an absolute right to make money from something that you have poured hours of time into this. I think that makes perfect sense. I've said it before. I'm an oddball out on this one. It makes perfect sense because I know what's going to happen now. And again, I'm super, super worried that somebody's going to trim parts of this out. And again, make them say what they want to say. All my YouTube friends out there that are making money off this, I don't blame you. Go for it. But because of this, it's important that people watching the videos and acting on these recommendations always recognize that these are basically paid ads. And sadly, a lot of folks don't get that part. Now, I am not one to, just to share a quick anecdote before we tie this together and where we're going with this whole thing as part is why as far as why these situations and why these scammers and these people that aren't good for the hobby manage to stay around so long. I did have a situation when I first, my YouTube channel started picking up and I started getting contacted by people. Hey, can I send you a box? Can I? And I always felt icky about it because I always, it was just, again, my naivete. I thought that you, the idea was you purchase something and then talk about it. So people know that you spent your own money. It's always been in the back of my head. But I remember getting contacted by a guy. It was Camel Spiders back in the day. He, and we're going to, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because it's going to tie into a lot with what we're seeing here, like with the Simply Spider situation. This vendor, really good guy, was working the boards, was starting to, to develop quite a name for himself. Anytime I posted up a review from another vendor, people would come on and go, you really need to try Camel Spiders. And word got out, there was a lot of buzz. And I've seen this a lot of times over the last 10 years. Vendor comes out, a lot of buzz, everybody talking about it, everybody going on to other people's videos. Hey, don't buy from this one, buy from this guy. So eventually I got emailed by from him and he's like, hey, I'd really love you to do a video for me. And I said, well, let me see what you've got. 
for sale and I'll order some stuff. He's like, no, no, no. I want to send you a couple free spiders. And I didn't feel comfortable about it first, but then I'm not going to lie. It was kind of a cool thing. Like, holy crud, people are going to send me free stuff. So he sent me, this was where I got my Brachypelma Classy, where I got my Brachypelma Baby, my legit Brachypelma Baby, or Boimy, whatever you want to call it. And I got him in. It was a nice experience. I think I might have picked up a couple other things and got him in. I did an unboxing video. I added him to my list of people I promoted because I think all of us, anybody that does YouTube has their list of promotion of people that they promote. And sometimes it's not ones that I want to make it clear because I know somebody's going to say, not everybody's like this. Sometimes it's people you legitimately ordered from, had a good experience from, and you want to get word out. Hey, I've used them. They work for me. That doesn't mean they're going to work for everybody. It doesn't mean they're not going to do something sleazy later on. Just they work for me. But in this case, I did promote him. I added him at this time when people asked. I was getting a lot of folks that would come on and go, where can I get my spiders? And I added him to my list of like five or six people that are five or six vendors that I really trusted. Long story short, all of a sudden I start getting comments on my video. This guy scammed me out of a bunch of money. This guy owes me money for spiders I bought. To encapsulate from what I gathered, and I've never got it confirmed by him or otherwise, the guy went in on a, basically put a lot of money in on an import. He took a lot of money from people. Like a lot of times they'll do a pre-import sale where they'll sell the things ahead of time. It's like you're pre-ordering before it's there. And we'll talk about that at the end of how we can protect ourselves from these situations. And unfortunately, whoever had the import overseas never sent it. So they took his money, never sent his import. This guy is now in thousands of dollars for people who have pre-ordered stuff. He basically disappeared. I think there were some other personal issues going on and that was it. And I remember feeling sick over the fact that I did point a lot of people this direction. And I remember feeling sick the fact that a couple people came to me and said, I bought from him because you gave him a good wreck. And it really kind of changed the way I thought about things. It really kind of, I recognize, did I think I was, did I feel uh, culpable? I did. I did feel partially culpable. I mean, I turned people on to my, I put my word behind him. And that's when I started recognizing this whole thing with the buying and you know putting them out there as a YouTuber. I've slowed down doing reviews. My reviews aren't what they used to be because I realized that when I buy something from somebody, I do try to legitimately pay my own money. I don't like, I just don't feel good about receiving free stuff. I also want to support people. I have money. This is a hobby to me. What do you do with hobby? You pour your income into it. So I have the luxury of not having this be a business where I have to watch business expenses and know that if I'm spending 300 bucks on spiders, that's coming out of my business account. I don't have to worry about that. I can go out and buy like a person. So I do try to do that. But that experience really opened my eyes into how careful I had to be to support people and to back people. Because if I went over the top and kept talking over and over about how good they were and how great they were, eventually if something went wrong, it can come back on me. And it's still in the back of my mind and why I've changed kind of doing my reviews to more of just, all right, I bought from them. It went well for me here, you know, have at it. And you'll see some of my reviews are not as enthusiastic and gushing as they used to be only because I don't want to overdo it. So influencers pay a play a very important part in the whole economic system of tarantula vending. It's where we get our information from. They have their own followers that follow them blindly sometimes the vendors have their own followers that find them follow them blindly sometimes so now you combine the cult-like following of this new and popular dealer with all the people that bought from him and it's like it, it's so funny every time it happens like everybody jumps on they want to be able to say i ordered from him too and then you add that to the advertising muscle and an equally cult-like following of fans of a youtuber and you have quite the formidable grassroots promotional vehicle 
And you can also have an angry mob should someone dare say anything negative about this particular vendor. And we've all seen this play out before. A new vendor arrives on the scene. Suddenly they're being reviewed and mentioned by several major content creators. They develop an almost cult-like following on social media, Facebook groups, forums, etc. Everyone's talking about them. Everyone's singing their praises except for a couple small people. They start coming out and they start saying, hey, you know what? I kind of had a bad experience with this. Like, oh, no, don't worry about it. It's not a bad experience or even worse. Get out of here. You have re- unridiculous expectations. I'm sure there's a, a perfectly good reason why you weren't sent your spider or why they haven't contacted you in four weeks, even though they took your money. And this all gets knocked down by these cult-like supporters who swear, once again, back to our main topic, the proprietor is such a super nice guy or girl or nice married couple. They would never screw anyone over. You get the comments like they're human beings, they're going to mess up and don't be quick, too quick to judge and how dare you try to tear down their business and things of that nature. And then more time goes by, more people order because look at all these people, they're, they're defending them, the YouTubers running more ads, the YouTubers got him on his site as a recommended dealer, I just watched a video by him and that advertisement for this dealer came up, there's podcasts with them, they have to be good people so we keep buying and then more people get sucked into this and now we have a problem, now we have one of these situations, it has happened, I, I added up all the vendors that I've heard things about over the years that have eventually disappeared. Some of them went quietly without too much of a ruckus. Some of them went not so quietly owing people money, but it was all brushed under the rug because think about the people that promoted them. They get very, very quiet when things go wrong. And I think that's one of the problems I have is that everyone's quick to defend them. But when there is solid proof that something's wrong and it starts to take a turn, a lot of these people disappear and you don't hear about them. So, and and suddenly all the crying, they're great, they're great. These people, they don't bother saying anything like, hey, by the way, they're not so great. I've got some information. That bothers me because if you have a voice, use it. If you're able to get all these people to potentially buy from them, I understand you might lose some advertising dollars. I understand you might lose those little thousand dollar boxes of free spiders you're getting or whatever, but you kind of owe it to people to get it out there. Hey, I've got some new information. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to support them anymore. Just going on your site months later after you have run a million ads, after you've done a podcast in which you've defended them, and then just quietly deleting any reference to them isn't enough. I'm sorry. You need to kind of get word out there. Hey, and the very least heads up. I've been privy to some more information. You don't have to go crazy with it. You don't have to sit there and make it something that, you know, you're offering all this evidence. Just I've heard some information. I can no longer support this person. That's all it takes to just kind of get some word out. So the people at least have a heads up because I want to make this clear. Cause again, I'm trying to make sure my points don't get lost or, or picked out and handpicks to make it sound like I'm being a total jerk here. Is it is the system we have a good system? Is there anything wrong with YouTubers doing it? Absolutely not. They're smart. Every it it benefits or should benefit everybody involved. YouTubers are going to take ads. They're going to run ads. They're going to take the free stuff. They're going to talk about their channels. That's how we find out about stuff. That's how I find out about stuff. Nothing wrong with that there. And is it possible for YouTubers to know every single little piece of business these people that they're running on their site are doing? No, of course not. So should they be held accountable? When one of these guys goes bad under most circumstances, no, they're just, they're, it's a paid advertisement that you need to know that going through. In most cases, it's a paid advertisement. If, if they're buying them themselves in the case, like with me, 
If I'm buying something and paying my own money for it, does that mean my review is any better than theirs? Absolutely not, because let's call it as it is. When I go and order, people know who the heck I am, most cases, and they go, oh, it's Tom's Big Spiders, and you'll see videos where I open stuff up, and there's a bunch of free stuff that an ordinary consumer would not have received. So it's hard to get away from. I ordered enclosures once from a company. They wanted to send me free enclosures. I said, I would much rather buy some myself and try them out and give an honest review. I bought, I think three. I ended up with like eight or nine. Sometimes I'll buy spiders. I'll buy three spiders and there's like 10 freebies in it. Obviously that's not a normal occurrence. So mine are lumped right in with those. I'm not sitting there saying, listen to me when I do it. No, it's the same situation. And sometimes some of the people you buy from, like in the case of camel spiders, they are good at the time. They are good. They seem to be good people. They're doing good business. They're going doing good things. We can't be held responsible for that. But I can't help but think, why can't we then, when it becomes obvious that something is wrong, that there are, are issues, that there are people that are experiencing more than just the ordinary number of hiccups when trying to order from them, what's to say we can't go out and then do another service for people? I know you won't make money from it. I know it may involve you losing money, but go out there and say, hey, you know what? I've heard some things just a heads up or you know what? I'm taking this place down. I'm no longer adding this place or keeping this place as one of my recommended dealers because I've heard some stuff. I'll keep an eye out. Maybe things will change, but just to give people a heads up about it. If you can spend an entire podcast defending somebody who later turns out to be what we call them as kind of a scummy individual who wasn't doing things right then don't you kind of owe it to people to when you find that out, you know, apparently a year and a half ago to go on and, and say, say something about it. It happens all the time and I get it. There's who wants to lose their, their meal ticket. If there's money involved, if there's advertising, I do get it. But this is why this stuff is allowed to go on a year and a half. I keep going back to it, but this isn't the first time it's happened. There's been other groups while reading about this one. Another vendor came up, Palp Friction, who was had a stellar reputation years ago. By all accounts, and I want to make this very clear, very, very nice people. A lot of people have met them. They were heavily promoted by many folks in the hobby, by many YouTubers, and they had, a, again, a lot of fun. This is one of these cult ones, and I remember there was a situation several years back where it was a couple of vendors were getting into it over the whole Brazilian thing, and it became a bit of a nightmare, and there was like two, again, we talk about those cult personalities and those cult followings around these vendors. The different people were in different forum or Facebook groups and on different sides, and there was all this infighting, and people were coming the bat for pulp friction, and they were coming the bat for other dealers, and it was just a, a, a nightmare. And now to find out, apparently something happened there, and there are a lot of people out there that are still waiting to get their money back. And once again, because they had such a good following, even though there was a point where information started to come out that we were starting to see a disturbing trend that things were going very, very wrong on the business side of things. And we'll go through the signs of that in a minute. There were definite signs things were wrong. Still, people jumped to defend them and silent, kind of silenced the voices that were speaking out against them. This wasn't so much of... I think what happens is we get caught in and we know the people personally, so it feels like a personal attack. If somebody owes you hundreds of dollars or hundreds of dollars in merchandise and they're not responding to your emails and they're not sending the merchandise out and they're giving you excuses, that's not a personal attack. That's a, a professional attack because you've earned it. So I actually looked up at one point. I was trying to find information about it. I found a thread on the Tarantula Forum in which somebody came on and basically was asking, trying to ask, are these guys legit because I've ordered from them and no 
one's gotten back to me. And it turned into a lot of people bashing this person. Yes, you're legit. Why don't you learn some patience? You're ordering during the winter time. What are you thinking? Well, come to find out, this wasn't the only issue people were having, but everybody jumped on him. So that's why this stuff goes on for as long as it does. That's why it takes so long for people to figure out that these people are maybe not in the up and up because we want to protect them. We, we're personally invested in these businesses. We feel personally connected. We protect them. We keep it going. Another business that recently has had, uh, it's been a nightmare, is a recess. Aresis did a, a huge fast one where they basically ran this super huge, they changed hands. So just to be clear, I believe they were bought by somebody else. I don't believe that individual has anything to do with the shenanigans of Aresis. What I do wonder about with Aresis, and I don't know, but I've heard that Aresis Spider Shop is actually a U.S. footprint for a foreign distributor. So it's somebody over in Europe that basically would send the spiders over here. If that's the case, I wonder who was responsible for this mess was it the person that was running it over here or was it the entity that's over there but anyway they ran this super sale sold every all these spiders for like ridiculous well at first they jacked up all the prices then they sold the spiders for a ridiculously low amount all these people were Aresis Aresis there was unboxings everywhere look out there do a search on Aresis Aresis unboxings everybody was unboxing these expensive Aresis boxes with all these amazing spiders in it they're buying spiders and then all of a sudden little by little it starts coming out I, I can't get a hold of them they haven't shipped out my box they told me there's going to be a delay. They told me that they will get me the spider later on. The spider didn't come. Then people start getting the spiders that they spent hundreds of dollars on, and it's a much cheaper species that you can usually buy for $50. They spent like 250 bucks on it. Aresis screwed over, once again, a lot of people. Now, luckily for that one, it was such a huge and, and fast turn from being a really good dealer to being recognized as, oh my gosh, this is some shady stuff that um, I think not so many people got caught up in it that could. This is one where I think people got very vocal very fast. And that was great because normally you don't see that. Normally with those beloved dealers, it takes us time to finally come to grips with the fact that, hey, you know what? Maybe they're not on the up and up. Maybe they were nice people and things went wrong. Maybe they weren't nice people and we all got got scammed. But it shouldn't take a year and a half for that type of information to get out. And people that try to get that kind of information out shouldn't be stomped out. That's it just it's does. I wonder, and I think about this, and I want to make it very clear because I've had a lot of people email me to tell me their stories. Because what ends up happening is people get screwed over by Dustin. They figure out my podcast is about him. They hear the other podcast that was done with him getting interviewed. And over the course of the last year and a half, I've received many, many people like, Hey, thank you for trying to get that information out there. I wish I had listened back then. Hey, thanks so much for this. Unfortunately, I unsubscribe. My favorite was a guy who said he unsubscribed from my channel because of my cancel culture antics and then realized that I was right in the grand scheme of things. He got screwed over by this individual and now he's right. And it felt good to just know that people had the class enough to go back and say, hey, I was wrong. But it, this is why this stuff happens and why it'll probably continue to happen. It's just the way business is done in the tarantula hobby. There will be new people that come out that send a bunch of people a bunch of stuff, free stuff. They will do the reviews. They will sing their praises. They will meet them at shows. They will do podcasts. They will do videos with them. They will basically you get into bed with them to a point where I can see where it's difficult to suddenly go, uh Oh, maybe I was wrong. That's a tough one to sit down and go, I've got ads. I mean, imagine you've got this person that is now your positive is screwing everybody over. You've already done, you know, 
You've got this person's ads running on many of your videos. You've you've spoken them up during your you know your videos and talked about them. You've got them on your website. Now all of a sudden, what do you do? You got to take all that stuff down. That's a, that's a huge hassle. So I do get it. I do get it to an extent. And again, to make it clear, I'm not talking about folks that just have a blip here and there. Let's talk about some of the signs that these guys that a spider dealer might either a not be legit. Or B, might be experiencing some difficulties. You're seeing some signs that things aren't all well on the business side of things. And you might want to hold off and shy away from them. So number one, getting sent wrong spiders is a tip-off. And it happens on occasion. What happens is sometimes somebody hatches something out. They tell everybody it's one thing. A bunch of people buy them. It's going to happen on occasion. But there are certain vendors I've heard that have done it repeatedly. And that's when you know the person that's selling spiders probably doesn't know enough about them to be selling spiders. That's something you want to keep an eye on. So when you constantly see people posting things like, hey, I ordered this and now it's grown up and it's that. That's something to keep your eye on. The wrong sex spider. That's another one that you see happening quite a bit with people that don't know what they're doing. You get a situation where somebody orders, spends top dollar for a female of a certain species. They get the spider, they raise up, oh, mature male. And then again, Is it going to happen on occasion with people that have huge inventories of spiders? Obviously, there are chances where you sex one out, you accidentally label it wrong. Usually what will happen is a reputable dealer will replace that spider immediately with the proper sex. But when you see that it's happening repeatedly over and over and over again, that's an issue. Another one is huge delays in shipping out orders. And we're not talking about due to inclement weather, if it got really cold, if it got really hot, that's normal. Some places will tell you right around like certain times of year, they are not going to ship out because it's too cold. That's somebody being responsible and looking out for the welfare of the spiders. I'm talking about when you're ordering in the nice times of the year and you don't hear anything back and you don't get your order and several weeks go by. It's time to start worrying. I've often encouraged people that if it goes by several weeks and you don't hear from somebody, cancel your order. Worst case scenario, you lose out on the items because they sell out. Best case scenario, I've heard people that do that and just order them again. So that way it keeps the money from sitting there for too long because obviously if it goes, if it stays in there too long and you wait too long to get your spiders, like PayPal won't cover it after a while. So it's something to think about. But when this happens like once or twice, it's fine. What usually happens in these situations, which has happened in the cases of all of the vendors we've mentioned in this list, this has been the first sign. People are suddenly not getting their stuff. It's a lot of people. What usually ends up happening is when you've heard they're a good dealer, you don't panic at first. You send them an email. They, oh yeah, we'll ship it out soon. It doesn't ship. I'm shipping it out tomorrow. It doesn't ship. Then what happens is people go online and go public. And that's when you start realizing there's more than one. And that's where the previous issue that we talked about, where you start getting these, you know, followers, these cult-like followings of the YouTubers and the actual businesses come out. So no, there's no problem. They're good people. We know they're good people. And everybody feels better about it. And it allows it to continue. That's where the breakdown usually starts happening. And that's where that whole group of followers usually come into play and start dissuading people or basically poo-pooing any of the negative stuff that's coming out. But if you see this, regardless of how many people come out and say how many, honestly, when I hear the phrase, but they're so, such nice people or they're very nice people, that's usually a clue to me to start paying attention because that when that starts getting thrown around, not always, but sometimes, especially when you're starting to see the delay and stuff getting shipped, that's a sign that they have nothing logical to defend them with, but hey, they're nice people. So when you see that happen, When you see that more folks are posting, hey, I haven't received mine either. Yeah, they told me this and it didn't ship. 
heads up, something might be wrong. Might be time then to go ahead and reverse the charges or make sure you get your money back because there's a chance you might not be getting it. This happened with the Reese's. This has happened. It sounds like with pelt friction by the time, sadly, a lot of people started feel, realizing something was up because they, they were very good people. Or they seem to be very good people. A lot of people weren't able to get their money back. That's something to keep in mind. Now, what usually happens right along, so we've, we've had situations where they're suddenly not shipping when they're supposed to. They're people that are being told that things are going to ship. They're not shipping. Now, all of a sudden, we have a breakdown in communication. This one happens all the time. It's like all of a sudden, there's radio silence. Sometimes they offer an excuse. I love the one where all of a sudden, oh, we're having problems with our emails. How convenient. You have a bunch of people that are emailing you because they're not getting their stuff. They're not getting anything back. And you release a statement saying, sorry, we're having trouble with our email, so we can't get back to you in a timely manner, which again, leaves those item, those that money sitting there without the order being fulfilled for even more time. It's more of a delay tactic. That's something to be very concerned. That's when I usually start recognizing we have a huge issue here. When you have somebody that is obviously experiencing some issues getting their orders out, and then suddenly the communication breaks down. We're on vacation. We have personal issues going on. We can't check email right now. God forbid, you know, you you want to be a human being about it. You want to be nice about it. You want to give them the benefit of the doubt and think, oh my God, if something bad's going on in their life, absolutely. Give them some space. There's more important things in the world than chipping spiders. But a lot of times it's an excuse. So when you see those start to happen, that's a red, that's a huge red flag that something's going on. Couple that in with not shipping for months, with not shipping when things go out, they get the wrong spiders. And then I hear this one all the time. People go, well, I ordered an H Poker Peas and an M Balfouri. I got a G Poker Peas and something else. But you know what? I got spiders and I'm sure they have a lot going on. God bless you for being so forgiving, but that's a sign something seriously wrong. That leads me to believe they don't have the spiders they're shipping you. So the other thing, the major thing you need to watch out for, because it's, it's again, used by reputable dealers, not as big of a deal, but there's always a chance that something goes wrong. We've talked about before, a lot of folks get their spiders in through they come together and they make an import. It'll be several dealers using one dealer's license to get an import of a bunch of species. So they all go in on it. And these imports can be quite expensive. People spending sometimes $10,000 even more to get spiders in. So a lot of times these new dealers don't have $10,000 sitting in the bank to pay for this. So what they do is they basically do a pre-import sale. I've done these many times. Luckily, I've never been burned. I didn't back in the day. Ken, the bug guy, used to have the import deals. I've never been burned by it. I've other people's I've done it with, never had a problem. And usually it seems to be it's not a problem with people that have been established that probably have that type of money in the bank. They've they've got a good business going. They've got some money in the bank. They can pay for it. You hope if something goes wrong. You never know, though, and that's why it's risky. But what they do is they start taking a pre-orders for their import, the pre-import orders. Just know that you're putting money down on spiders that, A, haven't been shipped, and B, God forbid something happens and those spiders get lost or they die in transit. Now there are no spiders. They have your money. What do you think is going to happen there? And I firmly believe with camel spiders, I think that's probably what happened. It's a, it sounded legit. I did at one point feel bad, except I don't know if he ever made right by the people that I don't know if they got their money back or not. But it sounds like there was a legit situation where he took pre-orders. The import never came in. And now what do you do? You're out 10 grand. Where do you get that money from? That's That'll kill your business. So I do think sometimes that happens. I think it that's where you get a situation where good people find themselves in over their heads. And we talked about it in the beginning of the podcast. That's a legitimate, it, it's sad because 
Nobody wins out on that. The business, the person with the business is about to lose their business because now they got to cover $10,000 or whatever, $5,000, even, you know, $3,000 worth of spiders that they don't have the money for. They've got to return that money that kills your business or they disappear. They screw a lot of people over, take their money and they can never show their face in the hobby again. Whatever way you look at it, it's very, very sad. So that's another thing to be wary of whenever you do that. If you sign up for an import, and you notice that the import supposedly comes in and put, suddenly people are complaining that they aren't getting their stuff in a timely manner. The alarm bell should be going off at that point. There is a problem. There is an issue. I would just immediately cut ties, get your money back before you lose it. So whatever you have to, I haven't had to do this before. Luckily, the, when you have a public audience, when you have issues with dealers and vendors, they recognize that if it doesn't go well, you're going to go public with it, you usually get stuff back. But if you have to reverse charges, if you have to put in a claim for PayPal, again, make sure you use, don't use, I think it's the family one where you're not covered. You want to use the business one. If somebody's like, hey, pay $500 for this pre-order, but do it as family so we don't have to pay anything. Don't do it because you want to be able to be covered if something goes wrong. Somebody please correct me if I'm wrong on that one. But those are all signs that things aren't quite right. And then whenever you start seeing the same complaints popping up on different forms, even if it's here and there, hey, they're not getting back to me in a time of marriage. Hey, I'm not really getting ship stuff. Hey, it's been a while. Start to add those up in your head because that's a pattern. Like we said, there's a difference between somebody having one issue, maybe something arrived dead, they got angry, they wanted their money back, whatever it may be, one issue, and a difference between a pattern of issues. Make sure you keep track of that. And that goes another tip. Always do your homework before buying. Yes, you saw them on a YouTuber and they seem to love them and they have a bunch of spiders. They've done several rehousings. They've done podcasts. They've done meet and greet. That's great. That's awesome. And that's a great way. I Again, I find mine there too. I get it. But do your homework before you meet. Don't just go, oh, they buy them. They obviously had a good experience. They're good for me. I, I do my homework with vendors the same way I shop on like Amazon or buy a product. I look up the reviews on the product. Obviously, there's going to be a bunch of glowing reviews. I go down to the negative reviews, not because I'm a negative person, because I'm looking for patterns. If I'm buying electronics, do they cut? There are there a bunch of people that say the t- the picture on the TV goes out, that the the electronics stop working, that the things cut out a certain amount of time, that the customer service is bad. I look for some type of pattern, and you can do the same thing when looking at a new tarantula dealer. Go on and look for the negative patterns. If there's a negative pattern that their communication is terrible, if there's a negative pattern that they're sending the wrong spiders, that they're not sending things out in a timely manner, that you're getting the wrong sex, whatever it may be, then you may want to move on. And you can honestly talk to folks that have ordered from them. That can help. But again, a lot of folks, it's like a baseball team. It's like going up to a you know Yankees fan and asking them about Red Sox. It sometimes doesn't work that way. But you want to make sure that you go on the Facebook groups, look at the stuff out there, go on the forums, go on arachnoboards, try to find out as much as you can before you order to protect yourself. Is it foolproof? Sorry to tell you, it's never going to be foolproof. This is going to continue to happen. What I would like is a little more awareness. And what I would like is people to be a little more discriminate when they look at these reviews from social media personalities, when they see negative stuff popping up. I would like people to be a little more open-minded. I think one way that can help is when you're leaving reviews or when you're leaving negative feedback on a dealer, always be tactful professional and precise. Don't be emotional. And what I mean by that is when you come on and you're like, this is the worst dealer ever. They screwed me out of my money, blah, blah, blah. 
it makes you kind of look great. People tend to tune those out. When you come out and say, on this date I purchased this, this is what happened. I did not receive the spider. I Whatever it may be, and you put it out there succinctly, sure, you're probably still going to get people that argue it, but it's a little easier to digest. It's a little easier for folks to not be triggered by because what's going to happen is as soon as you think, I can't tell you how many times somebody, I've seen somebody leave a negative review and somebody comes on and goes, well, you obviously have something against them because it sounds personal. That's not always the case. Sometimes it's just people are upset because they lost money or feel like they weren't treated right and it comes out in the review or in the comment. Try to keep it tactful. Try to keep it personal. Try not to get engaged in little war, a war of words for people that come on because what happens is you put one of these on and somebody comes up there, well, I think you're complaining. If you know these are the, this is the truth, leave it and walk away. Just let it go because of Eventually, like we said, if people start doing their research, they will see this kind of stuff. They will go out. This guy here had a problem with them a few months ago, and they didn't ship. And this guy over here says the same thing. They didn't ship. He had to get his money back. And this guy here said he got sent the wrong spot. It Look for the patterns. Look for the patterns. Recognize that as much as we all feel like we know each other, I'm sure there are people out there right now that feel they know me. And maybe you do. Maybe you got a good read on me. That's fine. But remember... It doesn't mean we're not capable of doing things wrong. It doesn't mean we're not capable of screwing up. It doesn't mean that somebody that was doing business for three years straight and had a stellar review can't suddenly have something that goes wrong that causes that business to start folding in on itself, that causes people to start getting screwed out of money. And let's try to, when somebody comes out and tries to point out something, somebody's doing something illegal, and I will add this to my list of heads up for people, vendors that you should probably do some research on and avoid, if they're one of the vendors out there that are still going and sending illegally, I might add, Pisolotheria species in these gift boxes, the ones that you're paying for, so it's part of a transaction, so it's still illegal, those are ones I'd keep an eye out. That's what kicked this whole thing off. Again, I had heard some stuff about the Simply Spiders guy before, but what kicked this whole thing off was recognizing he was doing something that was illegal. I had under good authority that he knew that he was doing something illegal, that right there points to somebody I don't want to do business with. So keep an eye on that stuff as well. Protect yourself and let's protect others in the hobby. Let's not immediately jump and grab our torches and grab our pitchforks and go, but I love this guy. I love this YouTuber. I love this, this keeper. They couldn't possibly do anything wrong. Let's just ease off a little bit, tamp down the emotions, recognize that at the end of the day, as much as we may feel like we know somebody and they're a friend and family connected with them, we're never quite sure what they're about. Let's let's keep that all in perspective moving ahead. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm of two minds on this whole thing because part of me in the back of my mind is like, I would do the whole thing again. I would call out the person again. I've been kind of dropping hints lately when I did the whole piece of theory thing because that was kind of my shot over the bow that, hey, knock it off, that I know for a fact there are several people out there doing this type of stuff again. One of the businesses has been doing it, has been getting a lot of promotion on YouTube through unboxings and such. So it worries me because it's, I see it starting to happen again and then I look at what happened last time and I think, is it worth it? And then on the other hand, I think, well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Because nobody else is going to say anything or more people are going to get screwed out of their money. I feel terrible. I was talking to Billy about this. We were having a walk or walk and we were talking about the whole situation. And I feel, I can't imagine blowing that much. Like you're in a hobby. 
you're excited about it. You've got spiders coming. I can't imagine blowing that much money and, and knowing I'm not going to get it back at all. And how angry that would make me feel and how bad I feel for the people that have lost money. And there's a lot of people involved in this one. A lot of times this happens. It's a handful and people go, well, in the grand scheme of things, it was like 10 people. I think 10 people is too many. But when you get something where they're talking about it's well over $10,000, it could be over $20,000. That's horrific. And I really do. I don't want that to get lost in this. I feel terrible for those people. And uh, that's part of my frustration is a lot of this shouldn't have happened. A lot of these people that are missing money shouldn't have been missing money or at least should have had all the information before they went in so they could have felt a little more. I mean, some people probably would have went in and ordered anyway. Some people probably would have went, you know what? I'm going to hold off and see how this one looks. I will tell you with a Reese's Spider Shop, when all that stuff started going down, I had people going, you got to check out these deals. You got to buy this. And I turned to Billy and I went, there's something's up. Something's up here. This isn't good. I have a really bad feeling about this and look what ended up happening. It, it was a terrible situation where a lot of people got the wrong spiders, lost money. I guess the new guy has been going nuts trying to make right. I feel bad for the new guy that inherited Simply Spiders because I'm sure he's going to have a, a similar situation. I can't imagine buying a business, going to fold it, you know, bring it into yours and having the name be useless now because of all the damage that's been done to it. So I want to make that very clear too. Whatever, whoever's running it, that, that is not a reflection on them. This is one individual that ran it beforehand. And sadly, I know what's going to end up happening is there are going to be people that are very disillusioned after hearing this. Like, well, wait a minute. How else am I supposed to find out about new vendors except for people that are on YouTube and, and promoting them and from all the people that I talk to on the boards? And I, I know the, every time one of these pops up, people are like, I'm never ordering anything online. I'm never ordering from online vendors. And that's a shame because there are a lot of really great people out there that are vending, a lot of them. And if you look into when, when this topic comes up and people start talking about the Simply Spiders incident, there are a lot of smaller folks that even I haven't heard of that are being mentioned that seem to have very good reputations. A lot of times by Buying from personal vendors, personal dealers, people that are just selling a handful of stuff, you're very, very safe there. It, I obviously did a podcast where I talked about some of the vendors I have had great experiences with, and even more important, vendors that I hear nothing but good stuff about. Again, if I start to hear negative things about vendors, even if it's not, a, and I think this is where it comes down to being, you know, proactive. If you're one of the people out there putting out this information for all the, you know, newer YouTubers or growing YouTubers out there, they're putting stuff out there. This is something you're going to have to give thought to because it's going to happen. You're going to get approached. You're going to get sent free stuff. You're going to take free stuff. You're going to promote these people. You have to, uh, you know, keep your ears open. If you start hearing stuff that makes you a little sketchy, makes you feel like you shouldn't promote them, then at the very least take the stuff down as soon as you can so that you're not encouraging more people to buy. That would be my advice. Um, if not, if you feel comfortable, if you find something that's really concrete, somebody tells you something that you know is bad, then put a little thing out there like, hey, you know what? I'm just for the time being, I'm not going to be ordering from these. And if you're watching my videos and seeing me promote them, I'm no longer promoting them. That You don't need to go into any more specifics than that. You don't need for it to become an attack or a personal attack on them. Just kind of get that information out there. And for the person out there right now is like, again, I'm never ordering online. I've been doing it for years. I've ordered from dozens of people online and had great luck. Part of it probably due to the fact that they know who I am when I order now. Back in the day, I used to be able to do it anonymously, which was great because nobody really knew who I was. The YouTube thing was just starting to pick up. I had my website. Not a lot of people knew who I was, and I could do a legitimate review of how I was treated. And unfortunately, I can't do that now. As I said earlier, if I order, generally people are going to know who I am. I'm going to get, you know, I'm I'm obviously going to get good treatment, good packaging, all that good stuff. But I do, when I put somebody out there, you hear, and that's the other thing when you're uh, an influencer, you hear feedback. 
I, if I put something out there and say these guys are good and somebody has a bad experience, guess who they're going to come right to? And this is kind of the thing that we talked about before. You can't really, and I agree with all of, the, you know, to a point with the majority of the folks out there doing the videos and stuff on there. They are just getting that information to you. It's up to you to do your homework and know what to do with it. Now, again, if they go above and beyond or if it's something where it's like, I think in some of these cases, the places are so entwined sometimes the youtubers are so entwined with the businesses and the vendors it almost looks like they're official spokespersons and if you find out they're ignoring information on it that's a little iffy but i think under most circumstances it's not really fair to get mad at them for putting this product out there if they didn't do it we don't know who's out there like bottom line it's it's a service that we all benefit from but i do think we need to in the future temper our personal feelings about the people that we're hearing stuff for and look at things a little more logically. It's like the old adage, when there's smoke, there's fire. If we see smoke with something, I'm not saying fan the fire and get it going more, but let's not immediately jump all over and condemn and villainize the folks who are noticing the smoke and trying to let other people know that it's out there. I can, can I see this happening again? I'm sure it will. There will be more vendors. There'll be more people to get out there and, you know, start selling their stuff. Again, we've seen it so many times. These, you know, darlings of the hobby that come up, they can do no wrong. And then all of a sudden, uh-oh, stuff's going wrong. And it shouldn't take that long for people to find out. It shouldn't take a year and a half. So again, I'm sure I'm positive. I'm going to get crap for this and whatever. I, I don't. I sat on it last time. I Hopefully it doesn't come across as I'm, I'm just trying to make a point that this is why this stuff happens and we need to do a better job as a hobby and a whole. There are people that have money involved and when there's money involved, it's going to taint your judgment. It's going to taint your loyalties. It's going to taint who, how you look at things and how you approach things. And I think we always need to keep that in the back of our mind that at the end of the day, the tarantula hobby is a huge business. There are vendors making money. There are YouTubers and Instagrammers and TikTokers and people making cages that are all making money out of this business. And when there's money involved, you have to take things that are said with a grain of salt. That would probably be my biggest message of this. Look at who's involved. Look at who's got a pony in the race. Look who's got something to lose and then make an informed decision. But again, hopefully it gave you some tips to keep your eyes out open for when the next time this happens. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. Although I can tell you, like I said, there's still folks out there selling the pokies illegally. That in my mind is a big check mark. That's somebody I'm not going to buy from. I've already marked a couple people off that I will not purchase things from. There was somebody that um, has been legitimately giving them away, which I think is a beautiful thing. They uh, have been sending them in a box with paying for shipping. The person pays nothing for them, and we're giving people the Sri Lankan Pocilotheria species just like a gift. That's awesome, and God bless you for actually doing that. But And for anyone who hears this and gets frustrated with me for bringing this stuff up, I'm sorry, we're never going to fix these problems. This stuff is going to continue to happen if we continue to ignore them and not address them or pretend like they're not happening. So I'm calling it out because it is. It's, it shouldn't have gotten to this point. I feel bad for the people that have been scammed. I hope everybody gets their money back. I do encourage folks, and this will probably come as a shock, to go over, and I will put the link in this as well for the Facebook group. There is a Facebook group now for people who are scammed. If you feel like you are owed money by another dealer, maybe go and start something there with folks. Anybody that was affected by any of these dealers can go on, get something going. I know other names were mentioned when we were in comments and through emails with me. Well, this isn't the only one doing it. Get that information out there. Go over, watch 
watch the video, check it out, see where you can, what people are doing to kind of combat this. And again, be careful. It's, there are more good people out there than bad. I can guarantee you that. But again, when there's money involved, strange things happen. So always keep that in the back of your mind. So that will do it for this one. As always, you can find me on thomasbigspiders.com. You can find me on thomasbigspiders.com podcast. You can find me on YouTube. I just posted up a video featuring, what did I do? Oh, Ceratogyrus marshali, the horned baboon. A lot of folks are always asking about those beautiful little spiders. Whew, it feels kind of good to have that one out, but eh, we'll see how it goes. The last time it didn't go so well for me. Um, That will do it for this one, guys. As always, stay safe. Hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll catch you all next time.